Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Bear Cave Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast, Sold Out. With me, your host, Freddie Aloso, with my co-host, Stevie G. What's up, guys? Let's go. With my other co-host, the Devil's Advocate, Robert Fain. Today in wrestling history, the year is 2000, Randy Orton makes his wrestling debut. Nice. And with our other co-host, Blackbeard himself, the Encyclopedia. And gentlemen, this weekend we're having Life in the Fast Lane. That's all you're getting. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Tom Brandy will always be your favorite patriot. That's the line you should have used. <laughs> I should have. I will not give Joey Janela any more respect. I'm sorry. If it was coming from somebody else, maybe I would have used that, but... Okay. Oh, well. Anyway. Well, that would lead us into the social media post of the week. Perfect. All right, so social media post of the week, we're going over to Twitter, and we had a series of tweets going back and forth between Del Wilkes, the original Patriot, and Conrad Thompson, with Del Wilkes starting with that he was watching Dark Side of the Ring, watching the Montreal Screwjob episode. Conrad Thompson is a good example of what happens when a no-personality, bearded, fat lady marries Ric Flair's daughter. The guy is as exciting as a corpse. Conrad Thompson said, thanks for the follow, Dell. I love my fans. To which Dell wrote back, no problem, Pavarotti. And then Joey Janela had to finish it off by saying, Tom Brandy will always be my patriot. <laughs> Dell Wilkes, the skid mark of wrestling. The man basically did nothing in the sport. What was he hot for about three months or so? <laughs> so, is Conrad wrong? I don't think so. You mean he wasn't hot when he was teaming up with Marcus Alexander Bagwell? What did they call them, Stars and Stripes? Something like that. <laughs> so, what'd right. you guys think of this week in wrestling? Well, let's start off with Andrade. I mean, was was anybody surprised by that? No. Nope. No, you didn't think you didn't think something at some point was going to happen with him. Or you think he's what do you think's wrong? I mean, what do you think the problem is? Why do you think someone like him? Why is he sitting on the sidelines? Because you have too many you have you have too many um, wrestlers in general on the roster and they don't know what to do with half of them. They come up with one quick storyline that lasts, uh, you know, a certain amount of time. And then, oops, we didn't think of what to do next. I mean. I think we've talked about him numerous times, like a Damian Priest. He's the next one to uh, be the victim of that. Wait till after WrestleMania. What were they going to do with him? Nada. Well, it's not just him. It looks like Keith Lee has been put to pasture, so to speak. There's rumors there's no future plans for him, and he tweeted out today, quote, I hear many of you. I see many of the messages. One day I will explain it all for the ones true to me. For now, know that I more than appreciate the continued support, and when I return... It will be filled with all the love I have for those that represent this legion. So what's up with that? And his Twitter handle, uh, while it's still real, Keith Lee, his name is now Impatiently. You know, explain to me in a world where you can have Aleister Black, Keith Lee, and Andrade sitting on the sidelines. Wouldn't that be like your roster is so stacked and things are going so well that you've got no room for them? I mean, are they really that stacked? No. I mean... 
isn't it time to start making some releases? I mean, again, I'll, I'll say it again, guys like Dolph Ziggler and stuff, how much longer do we need to suffer through him? Why isn't it time to let guys like him go and, let, and replace him with some of these other guys? They keep they keep crowing all these signings and they're bringing on all these people. And if right now, if I was a guy looking to get into wrestling, guess I mean the, the notoriety you get for signing is something. But after that, there's no guarantee, and you're really gambling on your future that that some writer likes you or Vince McMahon likes you. Whether you're the best wrestler on the planet or the worst wrestler on the planet, you're gambling on the fact that somebody out there likes you because if not, you're in purgatory. Right, you're in the middle of nowhere, and where else is really, really to go once you're signed into a contract? Someone like Keith Lee and Drada, they can't just leave; they have to wait it out. And and by that time, you hope they people still remember you. Right now, going back to your point with Andrade, I think he got stuck with Zelina Vega leaving. He didn't have a mouthpiece. He doesn't speak English very well. He's not very charismatic. As say like a Eddie Guerrero, which is someone they compared him to early on, and I think that's that's what killed him. I mean, he's got the physique. If he could just talk a little bit, maybe that would help him out. But he's he's stuck. Go ahead. Do you guys? I'm gonna ask a question, and it's a controversial question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Do you think Vince McMahon has a quota in his mind? Like, I can only have five Latin wrestlers and four black wrestlers. And, like, do you think he's got numbers in his head? And he's like, you know, I already have my three Latin guys. I don't need another one. Or I can't book for – I, I honestly sometimes feel like he fills quotas in his mind. Like, this guy fills this spot. This guy, And then if you don't fit into a spot, you're kind of thrown you, – you know, you're, you're left out in the cold. I don't think that's the case. Um as far as having numbers, I do think he does racial stereo racial stereotype at times, though, because it seems like, no offense, but over on the Raw side, the black guys all seem to be feuding with each other until recently. I mean, how many times do we have to see the New Day and the Hurt Business and tag team title matches, for example? What has that been going on, two or three months now? Yeah, but some people are so sick of the New Day, and like I, if it came down to it, I would like to see the New Day as tag team champions uh, way more than I would like to see the Hurt Business and some of the other tag teams that are available. I don't mind. I don't mind the New Day being tag team champions because I actually enjoy them. Hurt Business, like, it's just like a bunch of like grown men with no fucking personality, and you have uh, MVP to like try and give them something. You want to talk about letting people go? Let Shelton Benjamin go. Yeah, I mean the New Day is like really the only true tag team on Raw, right? I mean, like. Yeah tandem got moves like look like a tag team the rest look like they're all thrown together at the last minute and probably the longest lasting tag team that's true they recycle shit now i do know that wwe does do like a a ratio or how much airtime certain wrestlers who are of certain ethnicities are on tv screen like i know with seth rollins he fit the you know, the Latin American um, quota for a certain amount of airtime. I, I do know they do that. I, I don't remember where I heard it, but I remember seeing it and hearing of WWE, WWE doing that. So that does kind of fit into your point there, Rob. Yeah, I mean, every time there's a, a new Asian, right, they're usually the villain and they pair them together. And then you have all your African-American guys paired together. I mean, they don't really mix anybody up, you know, and, and it, to me, it makes more sense, right? If, if you 
if you've got the numbers already, well, you don't need any more. Like, what am I going to do another Latin guy unless I get another one and put them together? Because they don't seem to mix anything up. We don't have a, a stable that's like a mix of anybody anymore. Right. You know, I mean, like, I think maybe the NWO was the last stable that had a, a mix of people in it. You know, other than that, you get the same group of people together, which to me is is in this day and age is odd. But I don't know. It just I, I, someone like Andrade should not be sitting in, in the background doing nothing there. while other guys are, you know, getting pushes and things like that who truly don't deserve it. You mean you pushed so many times, 100 times. Who cares anymore? You don't enjoy the retribution push? <laughs> retribution. I'd rather see them on TV rather than Andrade. I like to see them win a match once in a while. What is their movement to lose all the time? But meanwhile, they came in as this badass faction that could like pull Nexus type destruction, and now look at them. Like, yeah, now they're just another group of guys hanging out together. Yeah, what, what did they say in that movie uh, with Keanu Reeves, Hardball? Same song over and over again. Basically. I think you got to look at who's running things behind the scenes, and I'm not talking just Vince. That whole creative team, all his groveling yes-men, I'm going to go off the rail on this. Uh, this is not going to be PC. They're all white. They're all white. If you want to cater to the uh, and get the audience from these other markets, the Latino market, the black market, why don't you have people of that those cultures and ethnicities involved in your, in your creative and in your backstage runnings? They don't have that. I think the only one I can think of off the top of my head, and you guys fill me in if I'm forgetting somebody. The only one I could recall is Devon Dudley. Yeah, I don't even know who's on creative anymore. They're just doing a shitty job, I can tell you that much. Yeah. All right, anybody watch AEW this week? Bring up, first of all, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. To me, match of the year candidate. I mean, yeah. those two ladies put it out there. You know, it looked like a real fight. I say to Anthony, it looked like a real fight at times. Like, they were throwing, like, real punches. And, like, it looked, you know, a couple spots, like, the the... Um, Death Valley Driver off the ropes looked a little sloppy. I think Thunder Rosa wasn't trying to kill Britt Baker, and it didn't come off looking that great. But other than that, I was really impressed with the two of them. It was the first time I saw an AEW women's match that I didn't just turn away. I was actually invested. I was watching it. I was like, oh, shit. This this match is, you know, you've got the blood angle that actually meant something in the match. It wasn't just for shits and giggles like uh, Cody Rhodes. I thought it was a great match. Yeah, I agree. I, I, the one thing I will disagree is the last few weeks or months, their women matches have stepped up. Um, what's her name? What's uh, uh, Vicky Guerrero's girl? Nyla Rose. She's really stepped up her game, and her matches have actually been decent. Like it's not she's not just doing the whole I'm big, I beat up people. She's actually doing moves. There's actually some angles starting to form. So I think slowly but surely they're coming together. Of course, then you had to have your Jade Cargill mess. But other than that, I think they're doing really, really good. I think they're, it's a step forward, that's for sure. I'll say that much. The last few months, it's been a step forward. I love good whores like Penelope. <sighs> it's a Cornette reference. Like, come on. Yeah, I know, I know. Good old Jim Cornette. She could be my for any day. I have to say... Um, I'm finally starting to come over to the Anthony camp about Cody Rhodes because he was in the opening match and they had what four kickouts of finishing moves. It was totally overbooked. Like I love Penta. I think he's great. I think he should be pushed towards the top of the card, but in no way did they need 
the kind of match like that was like a main event type match the way they were doing that. And also, Anthony, you're kicking out a finishers thing that you're always complaining about. I'm starting to get on that board because it's true. It was just like I was like, come on. He hits the, you know, hits the crossroads. Then he hits this. Then he, and the other thing is, I'll say the Canadian Destroyer used to be the coolest move I ever saw. Now it's like people are doing it to each other in the crowd. I, I wish they would start restricting certain moves to certain people. Like I had no problem with uh, Dustin Rhodes using it because it was like a shock out of the blue. But now it's like in every match, and it's not even a finisher anymore. It's it's like a prelude to something else. So I, I just don't follow. You know what they're they gotta they gotta take it down a notch. And how many more moves can they all add to other arsenals? I know they're trying to top what's been done in the past, but I think at some point you're gonna have to take it back a step because what's the limit? Someone gonna have to practically get killed in the ring? Is someone gonna get killed in the ring trying to impress the crowd? I mean, how long ago was the Tope Suicida the coolest thing to do? Then everybody started doing it in every match. Now it's the Canadian destroyers another one and. And I'll go as far as I'll I'll even say Adam Coles is he does it off the middle rope. I hate his version of it because at least with Dustin you brought him up. At least he hooks under the stomach to bring the guy over. Half the time the guys land around the guy's head and just kind of flip over. And you I'm supposed to sit there and suspend disbelief and think yeah his legs are powerful enough to flip the guy's whole body. I mean it it's too much. And you know Moxley took a, a magic killer on the floor and two minutes was up running around and I'm like. I thought the Magic Killer was their finishing move. And Cody and Moxley are supposed to be hurt. And yet they're still running out and, and beating people left and right. I didn't, like the booking this week just didn't make any sense to me. Don't you know, maybe AEW is taking notes from WCW. Take the finisher that was used in WWE and, oh no, it's only a setup move here. Like, remember when Lex Luger came to WCW and all of a sudden the forearm didn't mean jack shit? And they're like, look... He knocked out the great Yokozuna in WWE, but not here where the big boys play. Yeah. I mean, I, was, I wasn't I was looking, and I actually saw, I heard them go, Moxley takes a, a magic killer on the floor. I'm like, well, that's the end of him, right? I mean, he's out of the match now. Two minutes later, he's running around the ring like, like he's indestructible. You can't do anything to that guy. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, take it down a notch. Let's let's put a, a little more effort into this instead of trying to showcase every move we have. Right. Let's be a little more deliberate. It's supposed to tell a story. It's not supposed to be just a move fest. Right. I mean, move fest is like practice, right? You can do that on your off day, right? Not on TV. It's true. So what do you guys think of the pinnacle? First of all, the name. Second of all, the grouping. The name I'm okay with. The group of guys I'm okay with. It kind of screamed Four Horsemen and Evolution too much, and I get the reference that they have Tully Blanchard in there. And FTR does remind you of Arn and Tully back in the day. So I get it, but how many times are we going to redo the Four Horsemen to a T? Well, I don't, I don't have a problem if they go full Horsemen. Everything's redone. Everything's recycled. Yeah. Who's the outlier in that group? Don't use such big words. <laughs> Who doesn't fit in? Judging by their outfits, I would say Wardlaw. <laughs> I was going to say Sean Spears. Yeah, well, like, I don't know why they needed him. Ward, they should put Wardlow in as a full-time wrestler. Sean Spears has done nothing, and he wasn't even wearing the right color suit. If anybody noticed, they were all wearing dark blue, and then he was in brown. I'm like, right. first guy to get kicked out of the group right there. He's he's making you know right now, three months from now, when they kick him out of the group, you can tell it was him. Yeah. I mean, the man's done nothing. I don't really follow where how he fits into this, so I hope they do something with him. 
I'm not a huge fan of the name. The Pinnacle, like, could you have come up with something better? For me, Pinnacle just didn't, it, it doesn't work for me. Um, I agree with you with Sean Spears. I think the only reason he's in, in there is because Tully was his um, his manager and they had nothing else for him to do. So they're like, oh, let's just throw him in there with him. But uh, um, I do like the grouping of the guys other than Spears. I feel like it has a natural flow to it and it has a horseman-esque feel and it could work. If it's done the right way, I just hope they do it the right way. Do you think this is going to lead to just simply 10-man tags within a circle? I mean, how how long do you think this their feud's going to go? And the other question, do you think this is too soon, or should they drag this out a little bit more? I'm okay with it happening now. I think you've got some interesting matchups. Because Santana and Ortiz have never fought FTR. Right, so there's a, a matchup we haven't seen. Um, you have the options for six mans. You have eight mans. I mean, I think you have a lot of options. I think uh, you know Jericho's not going to take this line down, right? I mean, he's going to come back after MJF. In the end, MJF should win the feud, right, to set him up for a world title shot at some point. But if you're not going to put MJF in the title picture, I don't see why you can't go this direction. This keeps a lot of guys occupied for a while, which is good, because the title picture is already murky as it is. So I think it's okay. I think you're, you know, this is going to buy you three to four months, I think. I think what you said last week is perfect where they need to get all the gold on these guys. If you want to push them to the top, you want to make them a credible faction. You want to make them seem like they're the next big thing. Put all the belts on them. I mean, Jericho had the belt, right? So, I mean, you have to have the big belt in order to be a big deal. So do we want to see... FTR and Young Bucks already, though? You're saying put all the belts on. Do we want to go to that rematch now? I think I think it's too soon, personally. I think you'd let them feud with Santana and Ortiz right now. Mm-hmm. Get that going. And then have them break off, get the belts from Young Bucks, and maybe not beat Santana and Ortiz clean in their matches. You know, the the slimy bad guy heel wins. And then, okay, now you they've got the belt and Santana and Ortiz are chasing. That could work. Yeah, I think you've got a few months of feuding with the Inner Circle first before they start chasing. I think they have to win the feud with the Inner Circle and then chase the belts. And then you've got all different types of challengers mm-hmm. um, after that. But they gotta they gotta get some gold, otherwise it's a waste of time. Yeah. yeah. In my right. opinion. So who would you have win the TNT title? Spears, I guess. You go with Spears? Yeah, you gotta give him something to do. <laughs> the trash can from WCW? <laughs> Find this belt in the trash. Right. <laughs> Was it the, the TV title that they had over there that Nash and Hall played basketball with? Yeah. yeah. And Hacksaw Duggan, I think, found it, didn't he? Your, your, your not-so-Hall-of-Famer found it? Exactly. <laughs> nice lead-in, huh? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean to do it, but hey, I'll take the credit. So last week, we did our, our top five wrestlers we thought should be 
kicked out of the Hall of Fame. And it was an interesting list. And so we came up with some guys like uh, Freddie's pick, Brutus the Barber, which I thought was good. And Freddie mm-hmm. also said Hacksaw, right? I mean, so Freddie had some some crazy uh, choices there. Hacksaw Brutus. Come on, man. I, I can't one. set those. Jesus. You're here. What would your what would your five be? Whoa, 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 whoa. All right, listen, we all know that I can only handle what's going on in the present. I was going to say, I cannot pick anything. Take it easy. All right, I have an award-winning list for you guys ready for today. I have images and everything pulled up on my screen so I don't forget any of my picks. Okay, so let's handle today. But Haxel and Brutus, I mean – Hold on. Hold on. I got one question. Is there one name you can come up off the top of your head other than Coco Beware you would kick out of the Hall of Fame right now? Just off the top of your head. Well, here's the thing, Rob. Let me let you guys discuss that. I'm going to let you know because I also have a list of the 128 people who are in the Hall of Fame here, and I'm going to glance at it and see right. who I would throw up. How's that? How guys... about at the, end of our, at the end of our list, you give us one name you would kick off? How's that? Rob Backlund. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I just fucking hate. I just hate Bruno, him. Bruno, that just bastard. <laughs> <laughs> damn, oh t- he hogged the title for seven years. That damn Bruno. <laughs> All right, so let's get started with our list, and that'll give Stevie also some time to do a little research if he would like. So no, I'm I already, throw it. Three thousand eleven, right now. I'm scrolling. All right, I throw <laughs> it to you, Encyclopedia. Give us one of your. Should be Hall of Famers. So my number five is actually a tag team, and I don't think necessarily it's that the WWE doesn't want to put them in. Um, I think it's more a case of they see it as nothing more than a paycheck, and they don't want to go in for that reason. I don't know. Um, but up until the New Day, they were the longest reigning tag team champions of all time, and that's Axe and Smash Demolition. I also think that don't they have a lawsuit against WWE? So I think that also doesn't help. Yeah, there's people that have filed lawsuit against WWE that are in the Hall of Fame. I mean, God, Bruno eventually got in. Right, but I think I think Axe maybe has said he has no interest in doing it, so I think that might be something against it as well. And for those that don't know, Axe was also the masked superstar for many years. So I mean, if you want, you know, he's a he's to me he could be any on either one, but that's a good good I think it's a good choice. By the way, yes. the lawsuit was dismissed in September 2018. Okay, all right. Thank you, Wiki. So, Mr. Freddy, go. All right. So, my first person that should be in or team is the Steiners. I know Scott doesn't get along with current WWE management. I know Rick's son is actually in developmental right now. But I think the Steiners were a classic tag team in WWE and WCW Japan all over the place. If, if you're going to mention names like LOD, um, Dudley's, Demolition, I think Steiner should be up on that list as well. Steiner should be in for doing math alone. <laughs> His math was inequivalent. <laughs> that promo should get him in no matter what. Yeah. All right, Stephen, what do you got? I don't have mine in any particular order. I just picked five. Um, so my first one is based off of the fact that WWE does not just consider what's done in WWE. They consider other leagues and stuff like ECW and whatever else. So my first one would be Taz. Okay. Taz is a good choice. Former world champion. 
former world champion, former hardcore champion, tag team champion. Well, not to mention his commentary and managerial career. I mean, he's contributed in so many different ways. Uh, he's actually one of my honorable mentions. Uh, good call. Okay. Staying in the vein of the tag teams, uh, I'm going to vote for this particular team. I don't know if you can hear this or not. Anybody know that theme? Can you hear it? That's like Cindy Miller at, uh, for the Boonies. No. It's the Midnight Express. Yeah, none of us watch NWA on this show. Sorry. Well, look, the Rock and Roll Express are in. They're greatest rivals for when they went to the UWF, when they went into the NWA, when they went all, pretty much all over the world for the Midnight Express. And I think the main reason they're not in at this point is Jim Cornette. Because nobody wants to give Jim Cornette an open mic. But Bobby Eaton, Stan Lane, and Dennis Condry deserve a place in the Hall of Fame. Multiple-time World Tag Team Champions in multiple places. And I just want to correct myself real quick. It wasn't the Goonies song I was thinking of when that when that song started. It sounded like the opening of Girls Just Want to Have Fun. So, wait, Rob, okay. Rob, do, do Bombastic Bob and Bodacious Bart get in as well? No, I did not say the new... <laughs> I did not say the new I, the new Midnight Express and uh, to, funny you brought them up because Jim Cornette brought them up on a podcast recently and he was like you know what two great guys horrible horrible idea horrible he's like I didn't want to do it from the beginning they didn't want to do it from the beginning but when Vince gets something in his head you buy the you buy the tights you dry your hair and you do the best you can with what you got that's some good shit Oh, they were awful. Their names didn't even work right. All right. So, Mr. Encyclopedia, give us your next choice. My next choice is someone I think will eventually go in. He's still active. He is a very heavy proponent of the Chiva. And he is a former, well, I guess you could say ECW champion, former WWE champion, I think the drugs got him in trouble. The longest reigning ECW TV champ of all time. The whole fucking show. Rob Van Dam. That's a good choice. I didn't think of that. Yeah, man, I wish that, I like that one. people at home could see the visual of the three of you guys doing that at the same time. We planned that. That would, have been, that would have been great for like a cover for today's episode. There you go. Freddie's the video guy. It's his fault. There we go. Sorry, I, have, I have a face for radio. I don't need to be on TV. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Freddie, what do you got? All right, my next person who should be in the Hall of Fame, uh, Miss Elizabeth. I think... <laughs> the look on Rob's face. <laughs> like, I, I... Go ahead. Another whore-like Penelope. Behind my list. Please. I did see a list of guys who were on the cusp and who are most likely getting in within this year or next year. So like your bulldogs, stuff like that. So I didn't add them. I added different people. Miss Elizabeth. She was, you, you can't bring up macho man without thinking of Miss Elizabeth or Hogan. You know, she was the very first kind of pushed into storyline woman manager other than scary sherry so miss elizabeth for me it took a lot of hard work for her to slip that skirt off at SummerSlam 88 oh wait no maybe it was everyone in the crowd that was hard never mind you know to kind of uh add to 
what Freddie said. If you go back further, when Randy Savage was wrestling in the ICW, she was an uh, integral part of that. She was did she did actually did commentary. Uh, she worked in the back. She was part of what you know the the office. So if you, if you want to just look at you know if you look at her career in a whole, you can make a better case for her being part of the Hall of Fame is just than being eye candy or you know Randy Savage's manager. So I mean it's not a bad choice. I just was I was surprised that was would be your next choice. That's all. Why'd you have to say whole? We're gonna have to do this the whole show again. We're gonna have to talk about Nye's whole again. Stephen, what do you got? Uh, so my pick, my next pick is Vader. I think uh, Vader should be in the Hall of Fame. That's I have all. him on my list. <laughs> okay, that's all I got for Vader. I don't really have reasons behind it, but I, um, I enjoyed World champion on three continents. Yeah, no, no, I get WCW and stuff, but I enjoyed him in WWE like around the time when he was going at Shawn Michaels and stuff. That's some of the things I remember. And Boy Meets World. <laughs> Vader champion in Germany, Japan, and Mexico at the same time. Multiple time uh, heavyweight champion in Japan, WCW champion. So it's it's I I was going to be my arguments. That's a good one. All right. So since Steven said Vader, I'm going to move on to my next choice. My next choice is China. China is woefully overlooked, and I realized. Her, her, the way her life ended was not great, and what she did towards the end. But you can't deny her contribution to the sport. I mean, she was out there by herself. There was no women out there that could even compete with her. That's why they had to put her with the men. I mean, now if she was wrestling, she'd be at the top of the card because she'd have your Rhea Ripley's, and she'd have you know people she could fight that are her size. Um, I think it's a crime that they tried to sneak her in under DX, and every time they bring it up, they go, oh, yeah, she should be able to do it already. Do it already. She belongs. You know, we can fo- focus on her wrestling career. She didn't kill anybody. She's not a Benoit. You know? So, I mean, <laughs> she's got to be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to be like, yes, no, Okay. I think her going in with DX makes sense. I mean, I, I, my problem with her, not that she didn't make a mark, but what did she really do to change the industry? I mean, yes, she went up against the men, and she was able to stand tall with the men, which is something I can't say about some of the women versus men matches we see now, like where uh, Tessa Blanchard, for example, is facing people twice her size. So I get that. I just feel like she didn't leave a big enough mark on the women's side of things where it seemed like she wanted nothing to do with them. And I think that sours the case, but at the same time, I could see why, why people would feel she should go in. I, yeah. All right. I went off on a tangent. That was not necessary. She's fine. It's your opinion. It's wrong, but it's your opinion. (laughs) (laughs) My opinion's always wrong. What else is new? I'm just fucking with you. Okay. Let's start with Freddie this time. Who you got next? Sorry, I didn't know you were in mid-smoke there. I wouldn't have called on you. <laughs> my next, my next no, pick is Owen Hart. I know the lawsuit between his wife and WWE and the wrongful death and all that stuff, but I think Owen should be in. He was a phenomenal in-ring talent. I think he was just on the edge of 
maybe getting a title run before everything kind of popped off there. And there was some great guys he could have wrestled right after, like, that came in right after he died, the Benoits, Guerreros, all that stuff. So I think Owen Hart for me. You know, I had a question for you guys. I had two questions, actually. Do you think he would have been a, uh, a world champion at some point? Yes. I think he deserved it, but I don't think they would have done it. If, if they kept him as a heel, the heel, I feel like, was some of the best years of Owen Hart. Like, when he did the King of Hearts, even when he was in, like, Nation of Domination, like, some of this, and in, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, little Canadian group that they had there. I forget what the hell they called themselves. We'll just call them Canadians for now, but... uh. Go ahead. Anthony's about to chime in. The Heart Foundation? Thank you, Heart Foundation. Thank you. Yeah, the Canadians. Sounds exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, we'll just call it Canadians for now. So anyways, I hate Canada. But um Yeah, when he was when he was in all those groups, like he was like such a he, he was in such a great heel. Especially with his feud with Red Hart that uh he would have to win the world championship as a heel. That would have to be the key because it would be his best time to do so. Definitely not as blue blaze. That would have been the time to pull the trigger. Actually, was the feud with, with Brett I, personally. Um, also, spoken like a man who's never been to Montreal. You know, besides all the obvious things that we lost when we lost Owen Hart, I think he would have been the type of guy that would have put people over. I think he would have been the type of guy that'd be like, "This guy needs a, a push. Put him in the ring with me. I'll get him over the hump. I'll make sure he." You know what I mean? I think he'd be as he was retiring, getting ready to get out. I think he would have been the kind of guy that's like what Daniel Bryan's doing now. He would find guys that he found potential in and be like, I'll put them over. I got no problem laying down for him. I'll I'll give him the best match he's ever had, and he'll beat me, and he'll get that rub off of me. Because that's the kind of guy he seemed like. He seemed like he was just a really kind person, knew his place in the, in the sport. You know, he knew what his role was. And I think as he got older, he would have, fig- he would have been the guy that, you know, on his way out was putting people over left and right. Okay. Good pick. I like that one. Um, Steve. Um, I'm going to keep it with the theme of Canadians that I hate. Cause I hate <laughs> but anyways, it doesn't matter if I've been to Montreal or Is not. Is it Nakamura? No. <laughs> it's going to be, if we could ignore how he ended his life, it would be Chris Benoit because I get it, like the murder and all that stuff, like it's a bad guy, bad situation or whatever. But in the ring, like the guy was great. It had great matches, always like I uh, I'm a, uh, I was a Benoit fan. I still have his autograph in a book, actually. But um, yeah, Chris Benoit prior to, uh, you know, his final actions. He was a I, he was a uh, I was a big fan of his, too, Steve. So I agree. I mean, I wish there was a way we I don't I'll never figure that one out. He was such – he was beloved by everyone, and for that to happen, there had to be something wrong with him. I still believe the theory is that from the years of abuse, he had the brain of someone like – I think they said equivalent to an 80-year-old with Alzheimer's. Yeah. I, I don't know. That, that's a whole other show. Yeah. Uh, can I give that? Okay. Can I get mine three now? Please. Go ahead. <laughs> so my three – it's a guy that could still come back. It's a guy that dabbled into another realm of the fighting world and was recently actually on WWE TV. Granted, it wasn't on Vince's WWE TV. It's the master of the pipe bomb. It's the best in the world. It's CM Punk. 
be interesting to see if he ever gets in. But he certainly deserves it. Yeah. Right. I think eventually he will. I just think it's still... He still ruffled too many feathers. The sad part about him is I think he's going to have to become old and gray. Like, he's going to have to be like the, the, the Bruno type guy. Like, he's old and mellow now. And he's like, all right, you know, let's bury this whole shit. And... The interesting thing is, uh, if you hear listen to podcasts he's been on recently, it seems like he's actually mellowed. He's accepted the way they do things. It seems like he's more, not that he's agrees with everything they're doing, but he's made peace with it. So I feel like it's more on their side to make the effort at this point. I mean, he said... He said it a few times, I mean, more leaning towards the AW side, but he said, you know, give him something compelling and maybe he'd consider it. So I think the Bulls in WWE's court to make the effort here. I don't think he's going to go chasing them for it, but I think at the same time he's made peace with it and is kind of like, well, if if it works out, great. If it doesn't, whatever. I'm doing my thing. Okay. All right, my next one, and I couldn't believe this man's not part of the Hall of Fame. When you look at his resume, uh, former WWF champion, multiple-time NWA tag team champion, six-man champion, mid-Atlantic champion, it's the Russian bear Ivan Koloff. Not in the Hall of Fame. I could have sworn I was wrong, but I looked it up, and he was not there. And I don't understand. He's one of the few world champions. I mean, beat Bruno. Not part of the Hall of Fame. And I just... Couldn't figure that one out, and, and unfortunately, the man's deceased, so it's going to be posthumously now. But you know, all those years I kept going, he'll get in somehow. I mean, or you know, somebody will re- recognize that they missed him, but they didn't. He'll go in in one of those legacy wing deals that they now do that doesn't really get any play except for a graphic on the screen. I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah, I mean, if you look at his credentials, though, he's got so much, so many more credentials than so many other guys, and yet not considered. It, it's it's to me one of the gl- more glaring admissions. There's a couple other ones that I have on my list that I'll talk about later, but that was to me that was like one of the biggest. I had no idea. I'm shocked. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. All right, Stephen, why don't you lead us off? What's your next choice? Join the clown. Which if one? Someone, it's listen. I'm not going to categorize him <laughs> like that. Like I didn't know we were going this deep. But, uh, <laughs> some, of these, some of these other people can make it into this Hall of Fame. Then um, I'm going to go with Doink the Clown. And by the way, to answer Rob's question before about who I would like to see pulled out of the Hall of Fame, totally random, but it would be Teddy Long. I really don't care for that was Teddy on Long. somebody's list, right? Somebody said that. One of you guys did. Freddie, yeah, did you? I think it was me. Yeah, yeah you I did. I don't care Teddy Long. Like, A, he was a referee. B, he was just like someone who's like, oh, player, 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 and I want a tag team match. No, you don't get into the whole thing for that. What did you really do? Is, you didn't do shit. Get out of here. All right. I would rather see Donald Trump in there. Did Teddy Long some, somehow Trump snub you for uh, an autograph or something? Some I know point? that. I'm saying, like, if I was comparing the two, I would rather see Donald Trump than Teddy Long in there. All right. Freddie, who you got? My next one, I know it's not going to happen anytime soon because he works for a rival company, but Chris Jericho. He's got all the accolades, world titles, 
he's the wasn't he the first double first, champ? Undis- yeah, <clears throat> undisputed heavyweight champion. Right. So Jericho lost in the same night. Mm-hmm. I could get behind that. I think he'll get in. Yeah, I think he'll get in eventually. They gotta stay away from active guys, and he's still active. I think that's part of the reason why he's not in yet. He has plenty of wrestling years left, baby. He has said that. That's true. Thank you, DDP Yoga. Who do you got, Anthony? Uh, my last two picks actually have already been mentioned. My number two was Vader. Okay, I had Vader too. Uh huh. And who, who was your other one? Owen Hart. This is my gift to all of you listening. You don't have to hear me for the next five minutes. Can somebody tell me <laughs> that? The hell, the hell yeah. of a fucking gift. <laughs> we should <laughs> throw it to him every every chance we get now. <laughs> Encyclopedia. <laughs> you don't need to time it, dude. It's fine. It's 9-18-01. <clears throat> my, my last choice is another man I could not believe is in the Hall of Fame. Not in the Hall of Fame. Um, he's been known to... Uh, he was in a famous feud with Jimmy Snuka back in the day. Uh, Ric Flair calls him a major influence. It's Ray Stevens. Ray Stevens not in the Hall of Fame. Tag team uh, partner of Pat Patterson, multiple-time world tag team champion of Pat Patterson, not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, originator of the Bombs Away off the top rope, one of the first guys to go off the top rope. A move so lethal they banned it. He had to convince the commission it wasn't a dangerous move. And the Bombs Away was he used to jump off the top rope and land on your chest with his butt. So like what Rey Mysterio does now was actually at one time banned because the commissioners thought it was hurting people. Um, actually defeated Bruno Sammartino in California by disqualification, would not accept the belt. Bruno tried to give it to him. He wouldn't take it. So, you know, this is when, when kayfabe was real, right? When everybody believed wrestling was real and he was right up there. And again, another guy, like not even, not, not even after his death did he get put in the hall of fame, but he's, he's been known to influence pretty much every wrestler in this, in the, uh, seventies and eighties. So. That's my five. My other one was Vader. I think we were all kind of in agreement that Vader should be on there. Does anybody have any honorable mentions? Or did Freddie? Did you give your last choice? We no. both didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead, guys. So Freddie, go ahead. My last choice is the man from this wonderful school, which I have a flag right here. The most electrifying man, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Now the Rock is not in. Um, <laughs> Wikipedia is speaking silently, guys. That's why Freddie had to say that. But yeah, for me, I was a huge rock mark. I wasn't a Rocky Maivia fan when he first came in. I'm glad he went (laughs) with Nation of Domination and really found his voice and found himself in the wrestling business. And shit, he's everywhere you look. He's what I drink during the show, my Terramana over here. So, rock for me. Could be in the uh, in the Mount Rushmore of wrestling, arguably. Yeah. He'll get in. I mean, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, it's just a matter of time at that point. Yeah. Steven. I agree. I would have gone with The Rock, too, but that's not my final pick. My final pick is a face that you used to see a lot through the 80s and the 90s through multiple leagues, and not that he was always a winner, but he's a face that you don't forget. My pick is a former guest on this show, Barry Horowitz. I think Barry Horowitz should be in the Hall of Fame. There should be a jobber wing. (laughs) 
Listen, I'm just saying Barry Horowitz is someone like people know, and he he was a huge part of our upbringing. Listen, whatever. I think he deserves to be in there. All right. Okay, anybody have any honorable mentions they want to bring up? Because I have a couple. Speaking of Barry Horowitz, he's going to dial into the show right now, guys. So, no, just kidding. That would have been embarrassing. (laughs) You would have looked like shit, bro. All all, all (laughs) these names, and he's like, hi, oops. (laughs) I should have set that up. (laughs) You should have had somebody call in. You don't have any honorable mentions? Bro. We can call all the names you want. He's not going to say anything back. This is great. Rob, I still have his cell phone number, so. Seriously, do you have any honorable mentions you want to bring up at this point in time? Well, I made it to four minutes. Yeah, I I actually had a list of like seven or eight. Uh, Steve mentioned Taz, but I'll go with the top four that surprised me. Um, Paul Heyman. I think I think it's a matter of time, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lex Luger. Not that I was a fan of his, but he did make a mark. Four Horsemen, mm-hmm. World Champion, uh I think what happened with Elizabeth and uh, his reputation is what's hurting him there. Uh, we mentioned this guy, uh, Jim Cornette, again, another outspoken person, so he's probably shooting himself in the foot. And then a guy that wasn't necessarily known for being a great in-ring technician. Um, he was a power guy, but he had a presence. And, Rob, you were with me when I met him. Sid. He'll get in at some point. He's already in the softball hall of fame, so it's just a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie, you have any honorable mentions you want to throw out there? So my two honorable mentions, Bam Bam, the beast from the East, is first big man that you really saw flying around the ring, going off the top rope. Um, and my other honorable mention, I don't even know how to set him up, but Flying Brian Pillman. I feel like he made an impact. You know, he was Japan. I guess his biggest impact would have been Japan and what Mexico, I guess, at the time. Rob, if I'm not mistaken, maybe no. maybe not WCW Mexico. WCW, really, more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, it was WCW and, J- and Japan. matches with J- the Jushin Thunder Liger were uh, some of the best matches of all time. Right. And his um, w- isn't he the only... Isn't he the only wrestler in WWE to ever shoot a gun on live TV? That's important. That's you know, one of the greatest angles ever. I, I couldn't figure out Bam Bam Bigelow's career. I always thought he should have been bigger. And I don't mean bigger in size. I mean bigger and like, should have won championships and stuff. And if you look at his career, he didn't win very many championships. I guess maybe he was more of an attraction and like didn't need belts. But his career was surprisingly disappointing, in my opinion. Like I think he more should have been done with him. When he came to WWF, I think they totally fumbled that whole thing. He should never come in as a good guy. Like, they should have healed him out. and right. He just didn't fit the mold as a good guy. Never. So he should have always been a heel. But they tried fixing that, and I don't know why, and it didn't work. Wait, so his ECW title and TV title don't count? Well, they were short reigns, if you remember. No, I know. I know. I'm just busting. I'm busting balls. Okay, go ahead, Steve. Sorry. Well, I had suggested us picking a, a celebrity to be added in, but no one replied to that. So my celebrity I would have added would have been Snooki because she had an amazing match at WrestleMania. And then my honorable mention, because I didn't do any tag teams, 
and I have to be specific of the time frame, okay? My honorable mention, <laughs> honorable mention would be the Body Donnas when they had Cloudy with them. I think they should be in the Hall of Fame with Cloudy. <laughs> I think it would be great. Those are my honorable mentions. There's nothing honorable about those mentions, I hate to tell you. <laughs> well, okay, since Steven went this way, I'm going to go that way. My two Chris honorable mentions are, which I could not believe are not in the Hall of Fame, is Rick Martell and Tony Gurria. Particularly Tony Gurria. I mean, the guy was always on TV. He was a five-time tag team champion. Then he was a road agent, right? Every time there was a fight in the old days, he, there he was right in the middle breaking it all up. So I, I don't understand how he didn't make it in. Rick Martell has had an excellent career, uh, champ, world champion, champion all in all over the place. So I, I couldn't figure out why either one of them. And the other guy I had is Kevin Sullivan. And if you think about it, Kevin Sullivan's been wrestling since the 70s. He's been a booker. Um, he's been in WWF, WWE. And, and if you guys are ever looking for something to watch, you're ever bored and you want to see something crazy – Go on YouTube and look up Kevin Sullivan in Florida when he was he was under the influence of the devil. Some of the best angles you'll ever see are Dusty Rhodes and Kevin Sullivan. They made that last over a year, and not for a moment did it get bored because they kept bringing in new people. They bring in Blackjack Mulligan, they bring in Bob Roop, and they bring in Mark Lewin, and then they bring in Barry Windham, and they kept changing the pieces around. And Dusty Rhodes would lose a, a lose or leave town match and come back as a mask guy. And like they 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 really ran with it. And that was all Kevin Sullivan. Um, he also had woman with him who we all know who that is. And for her unfortunate end. But she was he brought her into wrestling. His former wife. So he was behind WCW and a lot of their booking decisions in the late 90s before uh you know, uh, Eric Bischoff took over and all that. So, I mean, I think the man is his – and I actually have – to top that all off, I've met him, and he was really cool. I really liked him. And he sat and talked to me for a long time, and he didn't have to. We were just shooting the shit. And I said to him, you know, you should be in the Hall of Fame. And he's like, ah, you know, it's not up to me. You know, and he was probably 60-something. He still looked like he can kick your ass, even though he's about 5'8 or so. So my last honorable mention was Kevin Sullivan. So there was doing this research, there were a couple names that came up that people seem to think were Hall of Fame snubs as well. And I just want to throw these three names out and see what you guys think, because I could see arguments for some, for two of them. Uh, third one, I'm not so sure. Uh, William Regal. Regal, yes. Okay. Yeah, I would say yeah on Regal. Okay. Uh, Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. Gold I mean, the Goldust character alone, for him to do that, to me, is like Hall of Fame material. Yeah. And the last one, Shane Douglas. No. Yeah, he, he, he was the no for me of those three. Yeah, no, Shane Douglas. Nah. Shane Douglas was great at, at touting Shane Douglas. That's about it. I can't think of any great matches he was in. I can't think of any great angles he was in. To me, in, in ECW, it was always about his challengers, not him. So I would say no to him. The last I remember of Shane Douglas was seeing him get kicked out of the crowd at Raw when he was like one of the mass men in the crowd on the camera side or facing the camera and WWE got him out of there real quick. Is that, was that ECW invasion? Was that part of the ECW invasion? 
No, it was actually a Raw, maybe like 2016 or so. Yeah, that wasn't too long ago. Yeah, I remember that. Mm. Oh, well. All right. So moving on. So what do we have? We have Fastlane this weekend. Fastlane Day, perhaps. Roadblock, Fast Drive. Something or other. Peacock Test Run. Whatever. Anthony, is Riddle versus Mustafa Ali happening? Mustafa challenged him, I think, via uh, one of those YouTube videos. I don't know that it was ever commented on. That's why, or accepted. I have it in red. I think I think they need to add something to this card because right now, I'm going to be honest, I feel like there's only four matches on this card. There's one that's been announced as a match that, I'm sorry, it's a fucking angle. Stop wasting our time trying to play it off as a match. But, um, yeah, that's not a match. Riddle with Paul Heyman. Did I miss something this week? Is Paul Heyman with Riddle? Mm, that's news to me. That's what you have in the spreadsheet. Riddle yeah, with Paul never. Heyman. <laughs> that was a copy and paste, dude. So I was like, wait a minute, did I miss something? I thought I read Raw's results. Fuck you, Arrow. God. You guys can start putting this wait, shit together. you make the mistake and you're mad at us? <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's new. He gets silent for five Randy, minutes. It's Randy is John, is, is John Maxley going to be on the card? <laughs> oh, John Maxley. I love that guy. There's the laugh. That's the only reason why I come on here is to hear the fucking laugh. I want John Maxley on the card. He's my favorite. <laughs> I, tr- I try to talk less and I still get in trouble. <laughs> oh, John Maxley. Okay. <laughs> I'm dying over here. All right. So, so you're right. There are only four matches, and to me, I honestly could give three craps about any of these. But all right. Biggie versus Apollo Cruz. Biggie. Yeah, Biggie from. Yeah, I don't. I don't see Apollo Cruz winning this match. I don't know about you. I don't even know what the fuck Apollo Crews is thinking coming out the way he is lately. They're trying something different with him. I actually could almost see them put the title switch here just because I don't think Big E's title reign has really been that exciting. But Horrible. Hmm? It's, yeah. it's been horrible. He's, who's going to wrestle WrestleMania? Who's a WrestleMania-type opponent for him? Nobody. Which is why I could see Apollo Crews winning it, and then they pull the same thing they're probably pulling with Lashley and Drew, where... Biggie gets his moment in front of a crowd. I don't freaking know. I'm gonna. I'll agree with you guys and say Biggie because I think the Apollo Crews character is still getting built up. I could see it being something, but I don't think we're there yet. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did pull the switch here. Okay. We're not doing Orton Bliss. That's not a match. I'm choosing Alexa Bliss. I think the Fiend's gonna end up coming out at some point, setting up for Mania, and Bliss is gonna end up with the pin. It would be monumental if Bliss got that pin on Randy Orton. I would love every second of it. Partially because that's my boo. No, she's Ryan Cabrera's boo. Sorry, Steve. Fuck him. You locked her up in a storage unit, remember? She's always there waiting for me first thing when I open that door. Freddie, what do you think? (laughs) Yeah, I I think it would be Alexa Bliss because The Fiend's going to show up 
I think it, it's inevitable. It's what a month away from Mania. You got to start. Weeks, isn't it two weeks? Three, Three. weeks. Why yeah, are they so, having this pay per view? I told you to test out Peacock and get the kinks out before WrestleMania. I wasn't kidding. This card does not scream pay per view. No, it doesn't. It screams like a, an average Raw. Right. And there's what only one, two SmackDown matches and two Raw matches. That's it. Not uh, three SmackDown. Well, three SmackDown. No, well, you could argue Raw versus SmackDown on the women's side. I mean, Roman versus Daniels really the only match. It's it's a it's a one match card. I mean, you know. I am gonna agree with the guys. Either Alexa Bliss is gonna win, or it's gonna be like a no contest or something like where a match doesn't even occur because the Fiend comes out or something. It's gonna be some type of shenanigans. But I think if I had to pick one, I think Bliss is somehow gonna get the win. All right, I'll I'll agree with you guys then, just for the sake of we're actually picking on this one. I thought across the board we were just weren't going to do this one, but I'll, I'll play. I'll play along. Stop thinking for us all. All right, the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Nia Jackson, Shannon Baszler need to get a name. Well, that no-name tag team's my pick, unfortunately, because... Versus Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Yeah, they're not gonna. They're not, things aren't gonna work out with them. Nia Jax and uh, He Man. Um, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess who cares? I mean, t- honestly, this match is just a setup for Banks and Belair, right, for WrestleMania. So, I mean, if they win the tag belts, does anybody really care? I don't see why you would take the belts off, off Nia and. Shayna, unless you're going to start that feud to set up for WrestleMania, but I don't see that. I don't see that as a WrestleMania match. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I don't see it either. Yeah, I'd say Nia and Shayna. So, I'll I'm going to agree with you guys, just because I don't want to be wrong. But um, <laughs> the other thing, do you think they're setting up Shayna as the challenger for Oscar instead of Charlotte? You got a built-in storyline there now. I was just going to say that. They're exactly right. Right? She kicked her teeth out. But didn't didn't Oscar uh, just beat her in like three minutes on Raw, like a week ago? Yes, Shayna put on the Koji clutch or the Kohina clutch, and one, she's got to learn to let go of that hold because I think that's the third time we've seen her get pinned. That's not her. That's lazy booking, is what that is. Well, I I agree with you there, but I I think. I think they should play it off where they ask her, you know, why don't you just let go of the hold? Why are you letting yourself get pinned? And she could say, I don't care about wins and losses. I care about making my opponent suffer. And I'll take that pin just to put him out. At least that's something that's more than just, oh, I'm an idiot and I'm going to keep getting pinned on the same move. I don't know. Okay. Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre has, if we haven't seen this already, I mean, they couldn't add a, a a, a stipulation to this match, no DQ. Um, Street fight or something. Loser, loser has to sleep with Naya. I mean, something, something to make us care. That's yeah. Steve's favorite match. And on top of it, they've already announced, with no hype or build up whatsoever, that McIntyre is facing Lashley at WrestleMania anyway. So who cares about this match? I mean, if I was Drew McIntyre, the, the referee would ring the bell. I'd I'd roll out of the ring and get counted out. Why would I want to get risk getting hurt for my WrestleMania match? This match means nothing. I would just like immediately yeah. roll out of the ring and let myself get counted out. Of course, they wouldn't do that, but because you know Drew's a man. But it makes this match makes no sense. I think everybody is everybody going to pick Drew. 
because I don't see how he has any momentum if he loses to Sheamus. Unless Lashley comes out and interferes. And call, but who? what's the difference? Even if he, he loses, what's the difference, right? I mean, he's still getting his WrestleMania match. Yeah. And I hate saying it because I don't like seeing these multi person matches very often uh and especially because it's always a cheap out to have someone say face by not taking a pinfall could you see Sheamus winning and then making the argument that he should be in the title match as well and they turn it into a triple threat would that be more compelling than just a straight up Drew Lashley match I mean did they already do that too well I mean Lashley already beat Sheamus on Raw so I mean like they like all these matchups that they could have saved for these pay-per-views, they've already done. And they're not adding any new stipulations. So, sure, in your scenario, why not? But they're not going to do it, though. I don't think you have McIntyre going to wrestle. If McIntyre is going to win at WrestleMania, you don't have him going in losing. Oh, hang on a second there, boy. What are you doing? Like anybody's picking Daniel Bryan in the main event. All right, well, hold on. Edge or Jey Uso will be special guest enforcer. Is that going to be on Raw? I mean, on SmackDown, they're going to make that decision? They're having a match. Oh, Edge and Jey Uso? Edge and Jey Uso are facing off on SmackDown. The winner becomes the special guest enforcer. Oh, my God, who cares? Yeah, so, you know, the referee's going to get knocked out, and one of them's going to make the pinfall. I'm so through of uh, Jey Uso getting a push. The man has two moves. Super kicks and punches. That's all he can do. What are you talking about, Us? I hate Jey Uso. <laughs> what are they going to do when Jimmy comes back? I don't know. I can't tell the difference, so. <laughs> <laughs> going back to this title match, are we going Roman across the board? Because you were questioning me, Rob. Yeah, well, every. I wanted to make sure you didn't ask anybody. You usually go, well, I'm going to put Roman, okay? And said you just did it, so. I didn't need to ask. Is anyone here no. picking Daniel Bryan? No. Yeah, no. Well, this week's going to be boring. We're either going to be all right or all wrong. We've all made the uh -huh. same picks, so. Exactly. I know. I should go change in my picks just to th spice it up. It's not like I'm catching you guys. To make yourself into a bigger loser on this whole thing? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Everyone, just remember, Steven is Anthony's brother. <laughs> And we could joke like that. <laughs> All right, I'm out. <laughs> he doesn't even sign off. Go ahead, Freddy. We want to thank you guys for listening. We will catch you next week. www.thesportsfrenzypodcast.com The Sports Frenzy Pod on Twitter. The Sports Frenzy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next week. Peace. <laughs>